You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. It's the Brad Jilla Podcast, Bad Singing with Alicia. Welcome to the show. That's what you uh, get when you tune into Bride Chiller. Today, I'm very excited because we have one of our own, a fellow Bride Chiller. She's actually a Bride Chiller graduate. Jamie, that's what we call people that have survived wedding planning without losing their shit. Uh, Jamie- oh, my God. <laughs> Hilarious. I'm very professional, Jamie. I like to talk to my guests before I introduce them formally. That's how I roll. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Lee, you're probably going to know this gal. She's got a bit of a reputation uh, as a stand-up comedian, a positive reputation, might I add. A writer, no doubt seen her on MTV's Girl Code, which is fabulous. She has also delved, I don't even want to say dipped her toe, she's delved heavily into writing a fabulous new book with the best title ever, and I'm quite jealous of your title, Ridiculous ridiculous it's become like i've been saying i'm interviewing you jamie lee and around the office we're now all going that's ridiculous um oh my god i love that it's catching on that's amazing yeah you know like the bride chiller stuff is great when you know people are like i'm a bride chiller and you're like yes the brand name is getting into the vernacular but now we're like that's ridiculous uh so oh my god well you you created the noun and i created the adjective oh my god peas in a pod look at us yeah (laughs) we can even we could say a ridiculous bride chilla oh we really want to kill people oh (laughs) let's just start the merchandising let's go look it's so great to be spending this time with you as i said look we before we started this interview i got all like crushy fangirl saying hey we're basically the same i do comedy too and sounded i heard myself just going oh shut up she doesn't want to hear this shit (laughs) no i love it are you kidding (laughs) i'm like i when i yeah when i heard about the podcast i was like so excited because i was like oh this is this like neat i was like this is like this is the whole reason i wrote the book i'm like people need to be talking about weddings in a way that isn't super serious like we need to be having honest dialogue about it because all of the publications out there all the you know blogs and the books that are available to brides it's it's all so serious and you know it's all about like selling the fantasy in this way and i i'm a big fan of the fantasy do not get me wrong oh yeah but uh i think there also needs to be a proper dose of like real talk happening Absolutely. And I think the more we give the real talk, the more uh, eventually it will take over. Because now, I mean, look at the society we're currently living in. Uh, it's a little worrying, but I feel like the more we can bring it out and actually, do you like I just brought in politics there into a wedding podcast very discreetly? I, it's hard. Honestly, it's hard not to. I feel like it's just seeping into absolutely everything right now. If you're listening to this in the future, I hope we're all still here. Um, Me too. <laughs> What I love about the book, so many things I love about the book, but one thing we talk about the the mainstream, which has now become a dangerous thing to call anything, but you refer to the mainstream wedding uh, media, blogs, all this sort of stuff as big bridal. And I love that phrase because it sums up totally what, uh, you know, I think the Bridechiller community as, as a whole, Jamie, really try and go against but they just question and say why do we have to do this stuff there's no reason why well, why am i why am i throwing why am i it's my husband sticking his head up my dress to get a fucking garter off my leg what why would i do that <laughs> it's disgusting yeah 
I mean, yeah, I just kind of felt like the whole thing, it, it just kind of felt like there was a monopoly on, on weddings. Um, again, like all the resources that were available to new brides, like they all said the same thing. There was no variation to it. It was basically just like, you have to do X, Y, and Z or your wedding will be a failure. And everything just felt so fear-based and, you know, so bullying actually. Mm. And I was like, this just feels like a giant corporation just kind of like screaming at us, the little guys, the brides, um, kind of like telling us what we needed to do if we wanted to have a successful wedding. And the concept of a successful wedding is like completely arbitrary when you really break it down. Um, so yeah, that's why we refer to it as big bridal because we were like, this, it's all, they're all the same voices, whether it's modern bride or the knot or any of these publications, which by the way, like I said, I'm, I'm still a fan of these things. I'm still like a big consumer of those resources, but there just needs to be other voices besides those voices. It needs to be a democracy, not just um, a, a monarchy, like I said. Yeah, and I think that's important to say that, you know, I, I feel the same way about the, the support network that a lot of these other bigger blogs and, and companies bring to people planning weddings, but it also is, it does feel like you're being shouted at a lot, which I find a little yeah, crazy. Yeah, right? Yeah. And they, yeah, we like, we, I think we said in the book, we said um, it's a... Uh, we said it's a. We said that those magazines it should be a playground, not a school. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it, and it does have this this feeling of like school, like like oh well, these are the things you have to do, and it's like no, these are just fun. Like all of it's fun if you want to do it, feel free, but definitely don't feel pressured. And I must mention, you, um, Jacqueline Novak co-wrote this with you, and she's a fucking great comedian, and uh, you know. Hats off. How did you guys go about writing this? Because this is your story, but there's so much, obviously, that you've worked on together with your ethos of the book. How do you go about coming together as friends and also funny ladies? Oh, funny ladies. I fucking hate that. As funny ladies, you've got to say it like that. Uh, to, <laughs> why are women funny? Um, look, oh, when you, <laughs> but, yeah, to come together yeah. as mates and then put all this in one piece, it's a big job. Yeah, I mean... It's interesting. I think we, we wanted to, well, we wanted to write a book together. Jacqueline had written another book um, called How to Weep in Public. And while she was sort of in the beginning stages of that, I had run into her at a stand-up show at Caroline's in New York. I think we ra- I think it was a Christmas party or something. Anyways, we just ran into each other and she's like, I really want to start working on another book. And I was like, well, I really want to write a book. And then we kind of tossed ideas back and forth about something we could work on together. And nothing was really sticking. And then when I got engaged... Jacqueline texted me congratulations and also I think that's our book and like I kind of (laughs) knew in that moment what she meant like I knew I was like oh my god of course we just have to write a funny book about me getting married and then once we sold it it kind of started to take shape as um as like a funny sort of memoir but also with like prescriptive pieces that could you know contribute something to people actually going through this process. Yeah, it's great because I think we get to know your family and Dan, your fiancé, now husband's family, and we get to sort of get the whole – I feel like, you know, I was a big part of it and but also the highs and lows. Like I would like yeah. you to – yeah. I mean, which is part of, again, I think what's great about what you've presented here, it's not all exactly what the knot's like. Everything's going to be amazing. When you're like, actually, it's not and uh, things can get hard. People get weird. Right. 
and right. make strange decisions on uh, a bachelorette trips about I love the thing about the hotel that made me like can you please share that, that story oh my god that <laughs> was so crazy so basically I talk about in the in the book how I had a friend who I was feeling sort of distant from kind of throughout the whole process but one thing we talk about in the book is that like because if you do choose to have like bridesmaids um you know having a wedding kind of makes you confront the ranking of your friends in Mm -hmm. this really uncomfortable way that for me, I'm someone who's like pretty passive and like always trying to like not have conflict. Mm. Um, But then when you're sort of forced into this position of being like, well, I have to figure out like who's going to like stand with me on that day. You become very acutely aware of like, Oh, me and that person are actually like not in the best of ways right Mm. now. And so that was just kind of an awkwardness that was hovering over the wedding in general and I kept kind of like pushing it aside and then things would happen and I was like, I just feel so awkward with this person and it had been going on for about like a year and a half and then when the bachelorette party came up I had this feeling of like I'm, I have a feeling something with her is going to happen I just like it just had a hunch and then it ended up being that we all were staying at this one hotel and she wrote a reply all email to all of the bachelorettes being like, Hey, I'm actually going to be staying across the street because Mm. I um, can't stay in a hotel that has um, caged tigers on the property. It was the Mirage in Vegas and they have an attraction in the back with the Siegfried and Roy tigers. So she stayed (laughs) across the street, but then still came to visit us. (laughs) It was a thing of like, so you don't want to sleep there, but you have no problem like hanging out there. It was just, it was, and I say this in the book, I'm like, it was, she, I, she's what I call a wrench where they just, they just throw a wrench into the plans yeah. in a way that it's like, oh, is this really necessary? Like, is this really benefiting anybody? But I, I guess, you know, she just can't go with the flow. That's and same. when you're planning a big group event, you want everybody to just kind of be down to to agree to it well you know it's like either don't come or if you do come just adhere to the plan because it's very hard to wrangle a group of 13 girls oh totally and that actually jamie we do a q a a bride chiller q a and people leave me amazing voice messages from all over the world and just fellow bride chillers sometimes just doing a bit of a we like call like to call it now an alicia rant where i you know allow them to just fucking say whatever they want to say uh but so many of the t- the times comes from people that need to sort of make certain events about them and i think it's just in out it's just yeah. humans in a way to go even if it's not a conscious thing but just to go look i'm just gonna make a bit of a big deal about nothing uh and make it about me even though 12 other people have agreed to do this just shut up for one minute yeah. and i don't it's yeah. just it happens yeah and i mean i think you know it's one thing when it's like okay i can't like if it's like a weekend thing and you're like i can't be there friday but i'll be there saturday sure. i get all that like that stuff I get, money stuff I get, but when it's just a change in plans for the sake of a change in plans, that's when it's like, what, what, what is happening? Mm. Um, and that was just, you know, it's also one of those things where you feel like if you react to it, then you're just kind of like cliche bride, like freaking out about nothing. And so I did kind of have to put on the space of like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, because <laughs> you just don't want to be like stereotyped um and it's interesting because when you talk about bridezilla i say in the book that we feel like the term bridezilla is actually like 
we call it a much less offensive slur. Oh, I like, love it's it. It's almost like equivalent to calling a, like an opinionated woman pushy yep. or an outspoken woman mouthy. There's yep. like something inherently like you're not allowed to react. And it's like, well, if, if you have this much money and this, this, these many stakes involved and the, the stakes are the money, like who's not going to react when things don't go well? You're spending so much that you should expect nothing less than perfection. It's completely normal. And it's not based on your gender. It's based on being like, oh, I really thought that I was buying a good or a service that was top quality and that's why it costs more. And then you start to get into like, oh, well, this is a racket. Everything's a racket. And it gets, it gets really disconcerting. And I think that's where a lot of stress comes from. It's, it's less about spending a lot of money. That in and of itself is, is never a great feeling. <laughs> but it's also spending a lot of money and then not necessarily getting a lot of quality for that money. And that's, and that's something that's just part of the wedding industry. It just is. It's, it's really, it is why they call it a racket. After the break, Jamie and I speak about bridezillas. Should they even exist? No, is the answer in short. And we also talk about time management when you've got 50 other freaking things happening in your life, as well as planning a wedding. There's more of the Bridezilla podcast after this. If you have a question, a comment, a thought, a suggestion for an episode of the Bridechiller podcast, I would love to hear from you. Just visit thebridechiller.com and leave me a message. I've had so many wonderful suggestions for topics and themes. You are my inspiration. You are my eyes in the world. You are the people that keep this show on the road, literally. Thebridechiller.com. Leave me a voice message. Tweet me, Facebook me, stalk me. Don't stalk me. No stalking, please. It's a bit weird. But get in touch. We love hearing from you. Now back to the lovely Jamie Lee. Just to get back to this idea, I even though the name of this show is a play on this Bridezilla stuff, you know, we never really mention the word Bridezilla for exactly what you just said about this idea that right? it totally pushes us in a corner that we have any emotions or feelings, then we're fucking off our rockers. But the idea that, you know, I always talk on the show about when you strip it down, a wedding's a party and it's a business transaction, of course, a love transaction as well. Uh, but we're sure, 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 sure. investing a bunch of money. We want stuff to go in the way that we want it to go because in any other situation, if you removed uh, a wedding, if you want it to be a party or if you want to create some sort of other event, you want it to work. So I think as soon as you said we've attached gender and we've attached women who have an opinion and saying, well, this doesn't work for me, can we find a solution? And this is not saying... I ne- I'm never an apologist for people being assholes, but I think it's just saying allow us to have an opinion and try and find a solution without giving us a horrendous dinosaur name. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Can- absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Let's talk about your wedding and the build-up. I mean, I don't want to give too much away because the book is so great and there's so much in it. But uh, can you talk me through a little bit about budget? And also, you, you, I mean, as someone who works in television and freelancers, I know you are sort of wearing a lot of hats when you're doing this. And I don't think the industry that we work in is necessarily always conducive to getting shit done in your personal life. No. So I read so much of it going, oh, I totally get it because you're not doing a nine to five. You're doing stand-up gigs in the middle of the night, traveling all over the country. What was it like for you to get everything together uh, and make it work with a weird schedule and quite a public job? Um, you know, it was it, 
it started out pretty simple and then I felt like everything kind of like crept up on me at the last minute. Um, so a lot of people were saying like, oh, well, once you book the venue and like the big stuff, the venue, the caterer, that kind of stuff, like you can kind of relax until the wedding. And I really thought like looking back, I'm like, that's really not true because no. <laughs> so much stuff creeps up um, and it all kind of does fall on you. My My husband did a really good job of handling a lot of like contract stuff when I was at work because I had a writing job for I had a TV writing job like the two months leading up to my wedding and it was a really like full-time job with um, an hour commute each way from our house so I was just really not around and I was having to like step out of the room when we were in the middle of writing just to like take calls from like our wedding planner (laughs) um and uh, I, I'm sure, you know, luckily I had a really nice, uh, the showrunner was very nice and understanding and he knew I had a wedding coming up in a month. But, you know, it definitely mm. was like uncomfortable to be like, <laughs> you don't want to put your work on a back burner for your wedding. Like that just feels irresponsible. Then <laughs> there's really no one else to do it. Even when you have a wedding planner, you're still, you still have to do everything. Like, I think that's a big misconception too. Yeah. So I don't really know if I'm answering your question fully. I think I think the answer is just um, you just kind of squeeze it in where you can and it just becomes this really overblown hobby that you have to tend to in addition to everything else. And and it's really around the clock. I mean, I was working on stuff literally up until I fell asleep at night. I would do stuff before work. I was just squeezing it in wherever I could. Amen. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Jamie, you host a podcast, which is fabulous. It's called Jamie Lee's Best of the Worst. Oh, it's great. I was having a real chuckle. I ride uh, to my day job. I go on the London Tube, which my listeners know I think is uh, just like venturing into hell most days. And (laughs) (laughs) I like the Tube. Yeah, because you visit. But also I just like love London. And (laughs) if I live there, I'd probably be like, oh, get me off this thing. But when I visit, I'm like, the Tube. (laughs) It's not part of the experience. I'm on the Tube. Next time you come to London, um, I'd like you to go on the tube at 7.30 a.m. with the fucking crazy people who just hate life, Jamie. You know, I love coming to America because people, uh, this is a generalization of your people, but I feel like Americans, yeah, yeah, let's bring it. Americans and Australians are sort of akin in the sense that we like to communicate and I think the Brits have this way of shutting down and even if something funny happens no one makes eye contact and they all stare at either the ads or the floor and I find that really strange really yeah that's interesting yeah it's a bit weird. Um, I guess in New York they're, I think that's yeah it, it, there's a little bit of that in New York um mm. on the subway here I don't know yeah I don't know I I guess I always think of like the experience in England is everyone's just so I feel like people are I know what you mean I know what you mean I I've, I've felt both I've felt the coldness but I've also felt a lot of warmth that I have not seen in the United States it's totally grass is greener I agree and to my English listeners I do love you I just want you to know that I love living in your country and we I love just, you yeah, we love you I'm sorry for getting so down on the tube I've just had a bad ride recently um <laughs> <laughs> to bring it back to the point, I was listening to your show 
and to say I really enjoy when something makes me really giggle and I can't suppress the laughter. Uh, that gives me a sense of pride because I'm beating all the miserable people on the tube. Um, however, your show is called Best of the Worst and it's a great premise talking about the best of shitty situations and bad things. Uh, you've had some really fun topics. So uh, I wanted to try and bring in uh, a little bit of a question about the best of the worst with your wedding. Can you give me some of the, or wedding planning in general, can you give me some uh, potential uh, topics for future podcasts with this with this question oh god i mean we could do <laughs> yeah there's a lot of worse um i would say we had maybe the worst band um <laughs> our band was so it was so funny because they came to our house they auditioned for us by coming to our house and the band leader um picked up my husband's acoustic guitar and like sang an acoustic version of don't stop believing at me Whoa. like truly like not breaking eye contact with me it was one of the most uncomfortable moments of my life wow um and i but at the same time i was like wow this guy's really got some like mojo you know like he came over here he auditioned like he, he really sold himself <laughs> and we were like great and then we get cut to the wedding their equipment i guess their equipment is not meant for like outdoor events and oh. we got married in this like botanical garden and i swear he sounded like a dying pigeon like he <laughs> his voice was just like warbling and like he did like he put his own spin on songs like on classics so like shake it off was kind of like a slower tempo version oh. of shake it off and it was just this thing where i was like i don't even know what what we got ourselves into but this band is like ridiculous <laughs> They were so goofy. Like, but to the, but it's funny because I noticed and my husband noticed, but no one else seemed to notice. Everyone was like, "Band's great." I'm like, I think they just sound like <laughs> someone stepping on them, like someone <laughs> stepping on their throat. Look, I think as long as everyone, I mean, look, no one's going to say they thought the band was shit, even if it was. So I no, think that's you know, true. no one's going to say that. that but, but but I mean, uh, enough alcohol yeah. and you're fine. He had a he had a hairpiece. He had like an auburn. I don't actually don't know if it was a piece. It might have been plugs, but he had a very like visible fake auburn rug on his head. And uh, yeah, that's the thing. We our, our wedding is outside of Los Angeles. Everyone in LA like can't accept that like aging is a reality of life. Like they just can't. So you see all usually you see like women dyeing their hair, but like in LA, all the men dye their hair, and it's just like the saddest thing you've ever seen. Wow, I'm just yeah, imagining like. Oh, I don't know what I'm imagining. Just be a silver fox. Like, have some grace. Yeah, enjoy it. I mean, there's lots. Sil it. Silver fox just brings so many sexy thoughts for me. I just think, come on, there's experience. You know what you're doing. Let's make it all happen. Um, yes. Exactly. I do love uh, that you talk about perspective a lot in the book, and I think that's something that you know I think we're all a big fan of in the bride chiller community is that the idea that the wedding day should should be the most perfect best day of your life and one of the messages we like to sort of say is well we really hope i really personally hope i loved my wedding day but i really hope i have 20 more that were even better like it seems ridiculous yeah no that's such a good point yeah it's, it's also yeah like you want you want to know when the best day of your life is going to be like that's so sad i know it's like you want to like have something to live for <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, don't sell out now. Like, just, there's there's more opportunity. It's just downhill from here, guys. This is the best. Yeah. Forget oh my God. it. No, I mean, it, it absolutely is. a. It's definitely a great day. And it's definitely, 
it's definitely a very interesting special day just because there are no other days like it. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of the buildup is very exciting. Um, and I think that like the days leading up to it are very exciting when people start to arrive, like there's a real adrenaline rush there and a real euphoria, which we talk about in the book. Um, that all is very exciting and special, but it's not, it's also very busy and it's very, um, there's a lot of like, there's a timeline, you know, having to be ready by a certain time, having to have pictures taken at a certain time, having pictures taken in a certain way. There's just a lot of like rules and, um, and, and, uh, like markers throughout the day that you have to make sure you hit. Mm. Um, and I think that inherently makes it less of like a sort of organic calming experience. It's definitely like kind of high pressure, high voltage. Yeah. I think even the calmest day, you sort of come out feeling a little manic and going, well, that was weird, amazing, strange. Don't know if I need to do that every day, but it was awesome. Yeah, it was definitely awesome. Mm. Um, Jamie Lee, this has been such a pleasure. I am so happy. Oh, my God, so nice talking to you. Oh, please. And look, and I love that you've stepped away from writing a script, and I love a bit of script procrastination talking to a wedding podcast. So we are eternally grateful for spending this time with you. Ridiculous. I just have to say it like that because everyone in my office is going to just keep repeating it for the next 20 years. So it's uh, (laughs) very catchy. (laughs) An unfiltered guide to being a bride is out now. And uh, I love all the photos of everyone posing next to the book uh, on your Twitter and Instagram as well. It's great. It's obviously been very successful. And you're doing a stand-up tour at the moment too? Yes, we are. Um, we I don't I don't know when this airs. or Sorry, I don't know when this uh, is released. But we're at Caroline's in New York this weekend, um, February 9th through the 11th. And then we're in D.C. the following weekend, which I believe is the 17th. Yeah, and then uh, we have some more dates coming up after that. You can follow all the information. Where do you prefer to send people, Jamie? Is it Twitter, Instagram? What's your What's your social media forte? Um, I definitely love Twitter at the Jamie Lee on Twitter, but I also um, you can go to my website, which is um, wediculousbook.com. It's W E D D I C U L O U S book.com, and that has links to Instagram and everything else. And I will put all of those links in today's show notes uh, and uh, can't wait to see what you whip out next. You need another big life event to write another fantastic book. I know, I, I know. know. Well, <laughs> but we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> no pressure. I'm just, forcing it. Just live life, enjoy yourself and fucking get through the next however many weeks we have of your current president. Yes. Oh, God, please. Yeah, I will. A big hashtag, uh, nasty women, hello and love from all of us to you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Take care. And as we like to say on the Bride Chiller podcast, happy days. Thank you. Happy days. The Bride Chiller podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014.